everyone, and welcome to the Maiden Vault podcast and a Song of Ice and Fire reread podcast focused on the female point of view chapters. I'm Court. And I'm Mike. And we're back with episode six. Thank you guys for listening in. This week we are discussing Catelyn 3. Yep. Yep. Catelyn 3, A Game of Thrones. We come in hot. Actually, really cold. I don't know yeah. why I said hot. This is, this is a it's, cold episode. It's a really cold episode. Anyways, I'm just going to get into the summary and here we go. We meet Kat again as she sits by Bran's sick bedside after his tragic fall weeks earlier. Maester Lewin arrives to discuss matters of the household and when Kat's unable to respond in her depressive state, her eldest son Rob steps in to help. Their conversation is then cut short when Rob notices a fire blazing outside the room's window and goes to investigate. Left alone with Bran again, Kat soon realizes that a strange man has snuck in and has intentions of killing Bran as he sleeps. She then tries to fight the man off and has nearly killed herself in the process when Bran's direwolf comes to the rescue, killing the would-be assassin and saving them both. A few days later, after she is rested, she calls a meeting to discuss the incident and dis- further discovers the Lannisters may have been involved in this as well. She decides to secretly make her way to King's Landing to piece things together and warn Ned before things can escalate any further. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. Um, this chapter is is a very interesting one. How'd you feel about um, it? I mean, I came out of this one feeling so much more in love with Kat than every week, man. It gets every better week, it better. gets better and better. And I, I feel like by the end, Kat might end up being my favorite character of the, the whole series? series. I mean, no, because no, but very close. <laughs> I like Kat a lot. Honestly, I if, like Kat a lot. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, I always love Kat, so like as well, yeah, like, but. This chapter in particular. I just, oh, I felt it. So let's 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 get to talking because like the way that this episode, I'm saying episode, the way that this chapter mm-hmm. opens up, you see Kat in a very different way than we saw her last. Yes. Like she obviously was going through it the last time we saw her and she wasn't like she was, I don't want to say paranoid, but she was worried. But now something crazy has happened. Like, mm-hmm. so we have to give background on all of the things that has happened. We meet her and she's in a sick room and she's in a sick room because her child has been injured. And because we're not doing the chapters from all that for anybody who is just kind of reading along with us, but not or has not had any background on the story as a whole. OK, her I was going to say youngest, but her second to youngest child, Bran, was gravely injured he was pushed from a tower she doesn't know he was pushed by the end of the chapter she'll have an inkling that it Mm -hmm. was not an accident but the story goes that it was an accident that the kid who likes to climb really tall towers and and in the castle that he resides in has fallen he was nearly killed he's very very badly hurt um we can talk about timelines if you like but i i mean it's been yeah close to a month like it's i think that um Again, to get more background, because the first time we see Bran after his fall was through Jon Snow's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And reading just a little bit, because something very, I think, a very pivotal portion of the story that kind of shapes the way a lot of readers and viewers feel about Kat happened in that previous chapter. So before we even get to get her side of things, we get Jon's side of things. So that kind of muddies the way that people will feel about her. Um just long story short, John, who's going off to the Night's Watch, he wants to say goodbye to his brother. He mentions that it's been about a fortnight, which is about two weeks since the fall has happened. The King's Court is still at Winterfell. He's still at Winterfell. He's not let, yet departed. He's going to depart, and then they're going to split ways once they get to the King's Road. His party and his father's party is going south. He wants to say goodbye to his brother. When he comes 
to see his brother. His mother's there. Like, not yes. John's mother, but Bran's but mother, Brian's who was Cat. Yeah. And John just mentions a lot of his anxiety for being around her because he doesn't feel comfortable being around her because he knows how that how she feels personally about him. Um, and he mentions her state there. He, uh, and outside looking at before we even get to, to, to see her own, mm-hmm. you know, kind of diagnostic of her own. Yeah. John kind of gives us John a, a says, breakdown. you know, she's, she's, she's aged. He looks like she, he says, you know, she looks older than she normally looks her. The cadence in which she speaks is different. Um, her, her tone, she hasn't slept, she hasn't eaten. And he notices all these things. Mm-hmm. And this isn't, this isn't him trying to vilify her or anything like that way he just notices like hey this is different yeah she looks very she different. looks different she's she's addressing him differently um and then by contrast to that what we get is kind of a confirmation of that from Kat's own point of view yes is when she's just like yeah she's like mad exhausted she doesn't feel herself she refuses to even let her eyes move away from brand because she's so terrified that if she blinks once and misses it that he'll die without her being witness to it. Yeah. So she so, can't, she can't go. No. She, she needs to be here in, yeah. in this moment. Yeah. So during that time, it's kind of, she's, she's stuck in a space, a, a very depressive mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. Um, Like you said, she's not eating. Mm-mm. She's probably not drinking water. She is mad dehydrated mm-hmm. and, and just beside herself at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing I I did want to recall back to yeah. with the John reflection yeah. was just this idea that he he says like he had never seen her like this before. No. Like there's not a time that he can remember where she had been in in I hate to to paraphrase it this way but like this weakened state uh-huh. that like he'd always seen the resolve and the strength in her and mm-hmm. I think that that's one of like we make jokes about Catelyn Tully Stark yeah. but I think it's very important to to recognize that he sees mm-hmm. like that strength like that tully resolve yes, almost yes um and all throughout this chapter i kind of think that we mm-hmm. go back and forth we do to we do her fighting the version of herself yeah. that is the woman who lives in the north yes and the one who lived in the riverlands yes. like the tully and yes. her and like who who is the real cat who yeah, is it's like you know the tale of two cats um yeah um and I don't want to harp on John too much just because again, no, no, no. We're, we're focused on Cap, but I, I do want to, if you would like mm-hmm. to discuss, because a lot of people's issue with Cat stems from the fact that she does not like Jon Snow and they feel as though she was bad to him. They feel as though she was semi-abusive towards him, I, I guess. Um, I want to know like what your thoughts on that, because I had like a lot of the feelings, like it's it's weird because he has kind of this, in my opinion, this reverence for her, mm-hmm. like this respect for her as his father's wife, as a woman, like force in 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 the castle in his life. But he also has this immense fear of rejection from her. Um, he also has uh, a sadness at her not accepting him. Um, and and what would make then a child feel like that? And is this what I'm going to get at? I guess is is it normal? Like, what is the normal dynamic and what is not normal? Because, like, I see, I, I kind of saw her reaction um, to him in that chapter and her kind of saying something like, you know, Bran is here, but I kind of wish it was you. And her kind of saying these really venomous, venomous things, even though she's not really spitting them at him. It's not like she's like, you know, like she's not, she's not like in his face yelling at him. She's kind of just like, I mean, she can't. She doesn't have the energy. She doesn't have the energy. Real talk, I, most of that conversation, the way that that went, and once again, I don't want to spend too much time there, it well, really feels like 
she she was talking but not to him it's almost like he was in that room and like the the anger and and, and like the weight and the gravity of the situation mm-hmm. it was a place to direct that mm-hmm. um ned doesn't show up here so we don't have an opportunity for the conversation to then sway from john's feelings about bran and cat in the way that she might feel about him to diffuse that there's there's no other person to play that off of so i almost feel like they don't have an opportunity to have any other like real reflections on one another here i don't i don't know but well i mean yeah also, but I mean, she does directly talk to him, though, because she calls him out. Like at first, he's like, I don't think that she's talking to me. And so my mind goes, well, OK, well, this is just grief talking. She's okay. not really talking. Yeah. But then she makes it a point by the time he gets to the door to call him I back. She does. And say he John. says, like, she never called him by name before. So then I'm thinking, like, well, does she just call him bastard? Does she call him anything at all? Because he said, oh, she. It, it seemed as though she saw me for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just again, I'm wondering because to me, this seemed like a one off. But I also don't like I don't want to disrespect John's feelings of animosity or not not his feelings, but his feelings that that mm-hmm. it was like, I don't want to I don't want to discount his 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 feelings of neglect yeah. and stuff like that from her. Mm-hmm. If that was the case, I'm just wondering, because, again, like you said, we're not going to really spend too much time on that. But we're talking about her emotional state and, and how people re- react like people in depressive states people that go through grief like that that you're not you're not reacting with your normal sound mind so no. i'm wondering if this was like a one off or this is something and, and is it fair for people to hold her accountable for something she said one time to him in a room while we get a little bit from his own point of view he recognized that this was not normal then also we see it from hers that she's not she can't even retain memory very, you know what I mean? She doesn't even remember things. Yeah. She's like, you know, she hates herself for, for not being able to remember certain things. So. Yeah. I think, I think so much of that breeds that, that discourse mm-hmm. in, in a way that makes it feel like it is, it is very on the side of she was being um, like hard on him, but really there are so many things that human beings do in depressive states that it leads, it leads me to believe that all of this is just like, yo, she was so hurt. And who knows, like you said, how much of that she actually remembers. That's not to sit here and d- diminish the way that he feels. Yes, of course. But we're saying two weeks she's been here already messed up yeah. about this. And if we're thinking about the idea that she's sitting here every day, basically going through the stages of grief every day, thinking that she's going to lose her son. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, I'm, I'm shrugging into yeah. the air yeah. because I don't think that there's a way that we can catalog or categorize her feelings here in that moment. And I think that that does a good job of, of kind of extending itself into Mm -hmm. the start Mm -hmm. of, of Kat's chapter in general, because we're getting so much of her state at that time where, you know, so many of these chapters, they open up and it's like these reflections of the space around them and the space, like the space that they existed in or space in the past. Mm -hmm. Here is just like, we're stuck in this moment where like she, the present. she it's the present she is very she's here but she's not but she's not yeah. and and i think that that's that's very important to kind of uh categorize why we're why we had that conversation the way that it, it, it yeah. happened yeah and kind of what happens in, in these moments where you are so beside yourself mm-hmm. that you just you can't i don't i don't feel like it's fair to be accountable yeah. in in that moment um okay 
And that's given that's given it. the that's, emotion that's, and yeah. the tension and given just like, hey, I'm gonna put this cat and this dog together. <laughs> it don't work. Yeah. So yeah. No, I get it. Okay. I get it. That's, I mean, that's that's all. I was I was just it, again food for thought. You and me are usually on the same page, so that's that's yeah. how it came. So um. Anyways, moving on from that. <laughs> moving on. She's like nearly catatonic, I would say. No pun intended at all. Is that even punny? It catatonic. I mean, you calling it punny makes it that. So I guess. <laughs> call, call um, attention to it. So she's there, and Lewin comes in, and he's just really. How can I put this? I don't think he's not sensitive. Do you think he's not sensitive? I don't think he's not sensitive. I think he just has a job to do, and I think he really, really, really needs he needs her input and i mean it's not that he he, he wants her input he I think wants that that's, that's the important thing to point out it's he really really is in need of her assistance to get through these things yeah i just think that he has very poor bedside manner when it comes oh comes of course this. yeah and yeah and i think again we were reviewing notes for this i just talked about the idea that like i think it must be a requirement like to be a maester like you cannot have people skills like, I don't know what it is about them, but they all just are so terrible with, like, human react like, relation. Yeah. Like, none it's of them just, are like, they all were just, like, not really good public speakers. They were not, they're all introverts, which is yeah. fine. Introverted people, I relate. Yeah. We're cool. Somewhat. Oh, yeah. you're, you're, are you an introvert, you think? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. I'd make a great maester. You probably would. Probably would. Which is weird because Which you don't like them. Yeah, no, not at all. Anyways, so again, I don't dislike Louis. I think that his intentions were valid. And I think that he really, truly was just trying to get things. Because in his mind, he's just like, well, the show must go on. We still have to operate. He's just really not taking into account this woman is a disheveled mess in front of him. And he's just he like... He sees it. He cannot... He can't not continue... like. I, I I wish that I would have counted, but he said, but the appointments about 10 times he had to have because yeah. he just, he just kept pressing. She was issue. just like, man, I don't know. He's just like, but the appointments though. And she's just like, dude, I'm not thinking about that right now. But the appointments though, he's just, she's, can you not see? No, just because I distraught. feel like every time she said no, he didn't hear that. <laughs> he just kept pressing. Dude. What do you think their dynamic is like? What do you think their relationship is like? I think normally it's actually pretty cool. Um, there, she probably handles so much of the day to day going on yeah, goes yeah. on in Winterfell mm-hmm. that it's one. I I think this shows just a level of comfort yeah. that he has with just coming to her. Yeah, seeing the situation. Yeah, he's bad at reading a room, but at the end <laughs> of the day, he keeps coming back because he's like, "Yo, I really need your input, and I desire to hear what you have to say in order to make these things right." And instead of just taking it upon himself to make those decisions, yeah. like in a lot of cases, I'd feel like, hey, um, I guess she's cool with this. I'm just going to sign her and name. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he has a really great respect for her. Yes. And I think that he values her intelligence. I, I think, think so he well. values her input. I think that, like you said, it would have been so easy for him to just say, all right, well, Kat said to do this. So mm-hmm. just do this, like, and use his own, like, for sheer force of will to just get stuff done and, no. and his own ideas and say that they were cats but he didn't do that he he's like right hey i want to come to you and dude like you know what time it is and but it's just funny because on the flip side she's so annoyed she's so absolutely annoyed and there's a direct quote and i think i laughed out loud it was so funny so she goes he's like a little gray rat she thought he would not let go 
And she's just like, she starts to subtly just like throw barbs at every single person. Because you're in the way. I know. I know. But I think that to me is funny because like, I don't know. I find that endearing because I find that to be human. Like people are annoyed by people. Mm -hmm. People get so irritated by other human beings, but it's, it's dishonorable to do so or to say that you do. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think again... I think a lot of complaints I see about Kat is just like, you know, she's too bitey. She's, she's, you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, it's just like, oh, she's a bitch. And it's just like, why? Because she like is annoyed from time to time. And because, you know, she, she thinks it's not like she's saying out loud, Hey, yo, you a rat. No, she's telling it like it is. Also she's, she's being very reserved in this because yeah. after, after the second time, yeah, she probably just didn't have the strength to push him out the room. No. So it's just like, I have to sit here and he's just going to keep asking me. And if he asks me again, which he does, he does, please stop. So it, it, she doesn't even have the strength to mediate on her own behalf to stop Lewin asking about these reports. <laughs> it it takes the strength of another person coming into the room. Yeah, maybe st- Rob. And it's funny because she she was about to like snap. She was about to snap on him yep. and be like, bro, if you ask me one more time about these stupid appointments that I don't care about. Nope. My kid is literally here skeletal and dying. I don't give a shit about your appointments. Rob is just like, oh, damn, I got to rescue this dude. Yeah. So Rob comes in all of 14 years old and he's like, hey, man, I'll do it. I'll handle it. It's all good. We can do this together. Lewin was so excited. He was mm-hmm. like, oh, thank you, my lord. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Because <laughs> it's like these reports are piling up day to day. And he's like, I have a quota. And if I don't fit, fit this quota, I'm not being a good maester. Maybe yeah. there's something going on behind the scenes with maester monthly or something yeah. like that. I don't know how that works. So they have to do it. <laughs> and he sends back the report, but Rob comes in. He's like, yeah, he slides in the room. Yeah, I'll, I'll take care of that mom. Okay, <laughs> I can do it. And it was so sweet. And it was, it was actually very, it very so sweet. sweet. And it's just like funny because I think a lot of her internal thoughts shift in this scene. Like, I'm, I would imagine the majority of these past three weeks was her thinking about Bran. But when Rob comes to talk to her, she starts to think about how she views him and how, like, this experience has changed him. And and part of, partially, like, does she think it's for the better? Does she think it's for the worse? Yeah, I all, feel like... All of those feelings that she has for him and, and is this too much? And we can talk about that if you'd like to. Yeah, I no, no. That was really, I, you know... I think it's real cool. Um, There is a direct quote Mm-hmm. Um, that comes from this where she says uh, she saw something of Eddard Stark in his face something as stern and hard as the north yeah um, we get a lot of reflections from Kat talking about the north mm-hmm. the way that the space is and how that exists she talks a lot about the northerners and how different and weird they are sometimes um, this is this is one of those those times where like I, I felt like this quote was was very apt here um, in the way that she talks about rob in relation to her husband um this gives us like a really cool like focal point for how she's going to start seeing rob from this point on Mm -hmm. and even in this state she is so very aware of how different he has become just over these last few weeks Mm -hmm. so it's like she's still so sharp that it's she's still seeing these small subtle differences and i think like some parents talk about like you see this on tv shows they're like oh i looked away for one second and my little boy became a man like mm-hmm. they grow up so fast in front of your eyes yeah, and yeah. she's seeing in real time rob kind of taking on these these bigger these bigger 
things than himself and and being very proud of the fact that he's willing to do so because he could have kind of like shied away from it or just pushed alone out of the room it's like no i'm going to take ownership of this as the 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 man of winterfell i'm the acting lord of winterfell let me start taking on on some of this burden um i wonder what was like the last couple days when moon came first though (laughs) and just like what that dynamic had to turn into um for rob to then feel comfortable enough to come yeah, into the room. and that's a good point you bring up yeah. because, yes, she sees him as now the acting Lord of Winterfell, and she's like, "Wow, when did he kind of grow from boy to man?" But mm-hmm. she also still is just like, "Hey, this kid is still a kid," and like, it's funny that you brought up the 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 point of what she starts to see of Ned in him. Yes, because previously, right before that, she saw herself, and she's just like, "Hey, I always thought he looked like me, like Bran and Sansa oh, and Rickon," yeah. and I think for her being in a place in which she doesn't see many people like herself, she, she held on to the fact that she had these other people, these tiny people who were so much, like they were very connected to her mm-hmm. and, and what she connects to herself, like her Tully heritage. And, and it's a mix of like pride at seeing something that she put forth into the world at taking this responsibility, but also like a sadness because not only is she starting to see him not as her baby boy, her little, you know, I don't want to say doppelganger, that's a bad word, but like he looks like her, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's just like, this is this is an extension of myself. But now he's growing into a man and now he will belong to the world and he'll belong to the world of his father mm-hmm. specifically more than he'll ever belong to me again. And yes. I, I I think, again, she's it's, it's weird because she's sad about Bran and she's sl- sad about him slipping away from her in a very different way, in a very like mortal way sense like yeah but she's watching but she's also watching rob do it too too, and it's it's a lot yeah i feel feel like she's dealing with a lot of of pain and grief and loss yeah all wrapped into into one yeah uh very very um rough time period yeah and it's all of this like we we say like a month but like that's not really a long period of time no so her sitting here with brandon and watching kind of all this time watching rob come in and 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 seeing how he's grown in this time kind of leaves her stuck thinking, well, now he's a man. What, what happens next? Do I lose him too? Because I don't know. I, I almost see it as like, she's, she, she, it's something that you had said before, I think in the last cat chapter talking about uh, her and her understanding that she had to let her girls go. Yeah. I think in this, I, I don't think that she was prepared to let Rob go yet. I mean, Yes and no, because we also talked about the fact that the reason that she's so connected to Bran is the fact that he was the one that could be hers. Rob was always going to be Lord of Winterfell. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like, true. Rob was always going to be. There was no chance for Rob to. No, not. I mean it's still sad to see because it's still her kid. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, without hanging on that, yeah, I think again it was that stark contrast of, wow, he was a kid yesterday and now he's not, and she's just starting to see that change. I think it was funny though because when he comes in, he, you know, kind of got his little chest buffed out and he tells Lewin to kind of, you know, go and take care of the things. We'll talk about everything else in the morning. Mm-hmm. But can you yes. take care of this immediately? Hey mom, like, how you feeling? How you doing? Like, you need to get some rest. And he's trying to like take on that like nurturing role for her. That's kind of jarring for her. But then she, he also starts to bring up the idea that like, Hey, well, like, you know, like you didn't go see dad. You didn't see dad when he left. And her kind of being like, you know, like, and it starts this whole other internal thought process where she's just like, does she have the room to be angry at Ned? Because to be honest, she's mad at him. Mm -hmm. Like she, 
and she can never say it out loud. She can't even say it out loud to 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 Rob, who of which she just says, "Hey, listen, I did wave goodbye from the window. It was fine. Like I had to be here with Bran because again, nobody else is going to be here with him. I have to yeah, be here with him. She has to. And Rob kind of not really understanding. Yeah, but Dad's leaving, and she's just like, "Listen, man, I didn't want him to go." And she can't say this out loud. So all this is internal. All this is her saying, like, and I have a direct quote. Mm-hmm. She says. She had begged Ned not to go, not now, not after what had happened. Everything had changed now. Couldn't he see that? It was no use. He had no choice, he had told her. And then he left, choosing. So again, like, it's weird because Rob is trying to be his father's standing, but he cannot be his father's standing because he's still a child and he's her child. Mm -hmm. So it's not the same. So I don't even think she, she wouldn't, it wouldn't even be appropriate for her to start bringing these grievances out. But who does she have to talk to about these things? She cannot talk about it. It's just like, yes, is she sad that she, that Ned went? Yes. But she's also upset because it's just like, she feels like all of this is on her shoulders, all of this. And like, what is she supposed to do? But like kind of crumble and fall apart and nobody around is really seeing the import of that like rob is mm-hmm. kind of but he again he can only do so much he's a kid yeah and he's just like hey mom go to sleep and she's just like no and he's like okay well i can't make you exactly you know? <laughs> he's kind of stuck and man yeah. I, I want better for you mom it's yeah. like okay cool well i just want to be here yeah like <laughs> i just want to yeah like can let me be <laughs> he's like well how can i say no <laughs> how can i say no i guess you're right he's um, like whatever <laughs> I will say, though, that every single interaction we get from her kids, they seem to be very like She seems to really value her children yeah, and their individualities. Like, I, again, like even we, we can even talk about the idea that Arya doesn't feel like she's enough for her mom. But mm-hmm. that's because of standards. I even I don't think that Kat herself, because we even said like for Arya to be like, well, the mom's important, too. She believes her mother. Yeah, important. she and definitely I think, got something from Kat. You know what I mean? That didn't come from her father no. and, and, and feeling that way and feeling so strong. Yeah. There, there are these values that she's instilling on her children yeah. um, in their own ways. I feel like she recognizes their individuality mm-hmm. and, and doesn't admonish them for that no. um, and, and kind of lets them move through it. Do you think that's common for like highborn moms to be so involved in their children's lives? I wonder. Like, I'm not sure. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to think of any other examples that we may have gotten up to this point. Um, the other yeah. closest analog we get is Cersei, but I'm not really mm-hmm. sure if there's an opportunity to be so so involved yeah. in 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 this way. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's 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 a really cool thing. I I hope that there's more of that. I yeah. hope that there's more of that that yeah. dynamic. I just I like it. I like it very yeah, much. It um, is really cool. She just seems to be mad involved in general. Um, I know you wanted to make a point about Rob's age at some point. I yeah, know, I, wanna, I feel like, like if I'm going to do it, I I could do it now yeah um, instead of waiting till the end it, of the so, chapter yeah i have a quote for it whenever yeah, you're well, just, let me let me do the quote yeah, we'll read, read the quote. yeah, yeah please yeah. so the quote goes his voice broke with sudden emotion and catlin remembered that he was only 14 and this is after he starts saying hey like you can't just fall apart now like rick i need you mm, i need i you. need you yeah and yeah. um it's just very very it's strange how they treat boys yeah. too she um, sees the man he has to become but she knows the boy he still is mm-hmm. and relishes the the fact that he does still have some of his his boyish traits of course um i i just due to the nature of, of our read and and how we've been doing things mm-hmm. i i think it's very interesting and yeah. that is the word that i will use <laughs> is that we can sit here and, and kat can very very clearly recognize even in in her super depressive state yeah her boy in front of her at 14 
but somehow no people around Daenerys can recognize that she's a 13-year-old little girl, but she's somehow a woman. And yeah. I, maybe that's not yeah. the best way to, no, no, no. to phrase through no, that, but right. it's just so, it's wild that this world has no place for little girls. It's To just be kids. You have the little girl part, mm-hmm. and then it's immediately a woman mm-hmm. to where he has time to transition mm-hmm. and, and move through being being a young man into mm-hmm. a man. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a bit. Or a maybe bit. it's just, this is also a mother yeah. being able to see this yeah. and recognize. And a lot of this, I'm trying to, put into the context of we're seeing this as cat you know you have a valid point because even in and and we can kind of be fluid with the conversation but like even later when they're all talking about what next steps are they Mm -hmm. all refer to her because again they know that rob is acting a little winterfell but they all still see him as a boy yeah versus mm -hmm. like when you're a woman and you're a woman to be used to be a wife or Mm -hmm. a mom or something like that or and i mean by woman i do mean daenerys's age around 13 yes they don't they don't they don't they don't see that anymore you don't get the you know what is what is the word like you don't get the the special treatment of like well you're a child you're allowed to make mistakes or yeah you're she's not to, afforded the opportunity yeah you're, yeah you're not afforded yeah. the opportunity to kind of still be childish you have mm-hmm. to kind of grow up it's just we it's 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 hard because again for girls it is much much harder mm-hmm. it is still very very hard to see any child male or female being kind of forced to grow up so fast and they all have to grow up so fast and i think that's the craziest part of this entire series is that they just have these immense responsibilities put on these little tiny shoulders yeah and they all have to move through this world and they're trying to be brave and they're trying to live up to this expectation of what it means to be an adult Mm -hmm. and it's impossible because they're babies yeah it's but but like you said i think the expectations coming from these great houses yeah puts them in positions where they have to grow up fast Mm -hmm. And and now we're you know we're stuck here and and, and Rob starts moving through mm-hmm. the fact that he he's feeling kind of like not, not I won't say shut out but like alone in this of course and he needs the help and he's like yo for real I can't really watch Rick on <laughs> this is a lot mm-hmm. um I kind of need your help yeah also it's stuffy in his room can I open a window yeah and then we get to that <laughs> so he's just like man I gotta open this window which he is his father's son. Yeah. She's like, man, it's cool. And also, I really, really, really do not like the howling of these wolves. Like, they irritate me to a point that you don't even understand. They're irritating. Like, Kat is, she don't bang with the, the sound of these wolves. She's yeah. like, they are in the way. I kind of am so sad that y'all ever brought them home. I don't understand it, Um, which brought me mm-hmm. to a really interesting point of discussion that yes. I would like to have. So Rob then tells her, hey, listen, I think we should have the 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 windows open i think that it's really good for brand to hear them yes because they are good for his spirit they're mm-hmm. good for his soul um also you can hear brand's wolf outside and like if you listen really really closely you can tell them apart mom can't you she's just like no she's it's like, just no noise. it just sounds like noise <laughs> you, can, you can tell the wolves apart but what but here's my thing right so i'm asking at this point have any of the children started to skin change like is rob has his bomb with gray when now become so much so that he has become Grey Wynn. And can he tell the difference of these things? And does he know about the bond between Bran and his siblings and himself with these wolves and how strong it is because he's now already begun to skin change into his wolf? Man, that's wild. <laughs> right? I had initially not even thought about it like that, but like yeah. more so just maybe that's just me thinking of, oh, uh-huh. well, you know, boys can maybe intuit that a little better and maybe but like why would he be able to actively tell the difference of the wolves and their howls maybe yeah. they do have different pitches yeah. but 
to the untrained ear, yeah. maybe not. And so, again, oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say I I agree with you. I, I so here's here's my running tally. Uh-huh. I definitely think Brand has actively done it. Oh, I know Brand. Um, he had to. Brand right? definitely did it. Rob has probably done it by accident mm-hmm. now at this point, but it's something where the gray wind isn't printed on him mm-hmm. where he can tell the difference because yeah. he feels the wolf the yeah. wolf feels him and he knows about that and he strong knows. like it's almost like a magical bond really mm-hmm. like yeah they really like are a part of them and it is good for them yeah and which crucial is, to their which is why he says like i feel like this would be good for brand that's almost like a a thing removed from himself yeah. where he he's intuiting yeah that like no this will be therapeutic for him yeah whereas cats really just like please the noise yeah. this is actually too much he also um, knows too that like because he keeps saying like hey you should go just go outside get some rest because brand's gonna be fine like he's like brand's gonna be fine yeah and like he knows that and that's what i'm saying so if he can skin change let's say he can skin change and brand has also skin change because remember they can communicate as wolves mm-hmm. as well like if they all know and yeah. maybe they're not super aware because we know that like later down the line Arya can but she doesn't really know what it means. Yes. I mean, animals are yeah. insanely intuitive yeah. and, and just the way that they would know, um, we can posit yeah. that they would have that same inkling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I, you know, I, I think it's so beautiful that like he's sitting here, he really wants to reassure his mother. Yeah. He wants to reassure is. himself. It is. But he's also just like, I have so much faith that like my brother's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That like, this is the kind of real comforting thing that he can say to her mm-hmm. while also not feeling like he's being too pushy. Um, like it, it is a very cool moment son. and he's a very good son he i'm is. so proud of rob in I this am. moment for I being am. able to kind of like step up yeah and be like hey here are things i'm going to do i'm not happy that he does like his father and he opens windows <laughs> without asking <laughs> but at least he does something because he feels like he's doing something to be uh helpful Help. for his mother yeah. but like in this it's kind it's crazy though because i mean again cat's still not about it and i have a direct quote about how she feels about these wolves because yes. i thought this was yeah. wild because it also then turns into how she kind of feels about her children mm-hmm. so night after night the howling and the cold wind and the gray empty castle on and on they went never changing and her boy lying there broken the sweetest of her children the gentlest Bran, who loved to laugh and climb and dreamt of knighthood, all gone now. She would never hear him laugh again. And that, again, lots to say about that. Yeah, uh, that's wild. One, I also think it's so funny because she thinks of Bran. And I wonder, like, is this hindsight or is it truly that she's all, always felt that Bran was the gentlest and sweetest of her children? Like, even more so than Sansa. Maybe. I mean, it's definitely not Rickon. Even at three, he is wild. He's wild. He's a wild boy. <laughs> He's going to be a wild little thing. Right. And in Rob, she sees the gentle side mm-hmm. of him, but also the sternness yeah. of, of, of Ned mm-hmm. in him. Sansa is, is sweet, but she has her moments. Mm-hmm. And she recognizes that because mm-hmm. that is her daughter. Yeah. And even in Arya, it's like mm-hmm. there's this level of resilience mm-hmm. that it's just like, brand fits in that really warm spot mm-hmm. of this is my baby boy yeah. and he'll probably like had he been a 30 year old man that would have always been her baby boy like do you think that she felt like he was i don't want to say weak no it has nothing to do with like do you think strength. that she felt like he was not strong enough to like at, stronger than his siblings to kind of move through the world no he definitely would have yeah and of course it, it, it has so much more to do with with his character yeah because he's and, so sweet and in the way he is and, yeah. and the way he speaks with his family mm-hmm. And, and kind of like what you get with their interactions. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, that that all has to do with like okay. we'll call it strength of character. But even that, I don't think that there's any weakness there. Like no, 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 not at all. Even, and, and I'm not saying she did. I just was wondering like when she was like, he's so gentle, like. Because sometimes, and this is a thing, I'm always constantly looking at words like that because a lot of the times when you talk about like gentle men, they talk about like, oh, well, he's mm-hmm. not fit for this world. Mm-hmm. And it's he's just soft, like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, I and I don't, I think she looks at it as a strength too. Like, that's what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that she looked at it as if it was anything, but again, he's her baby boy. So um, it also was really sad because the last line she says is she's, she'll never hear him laugh again. Yeah. And we know that to be true. Yes, yeah, but not doesn't. because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, because of her. Yes. Um, not ready to have that conversation yet. But um, do you have anything to say about that? Because I had a question. Yeah, no, no. Ask, ask your question. I, I, I think that it's once again very interesting foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also yeah. think that it's interesting the little bit of the quote before then, mm-hmm. where she talks about like him being weak and, and yeah. broken. Mm-hmm. It's 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 funny because the parallel ends up turning into him being so such strong, a strong and, yeah. and powerful individual mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it's almost incomprehensible yeah. that you could think of him in that way now. But I know. We think of the physicality and kind of what that means yeah. for, for young boys and, and, and young men mm-hmm. to have in this world, like yeah. their stock is is that strength and mm-hmm. his ability to do so. But yeah, no, 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 please yeah. ask your question. Oh, I have. Okay, so again, like, and again, I always do this every week. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, when she eventually becomes Lady Stoneheart, right? Ken Bran, in all his green dreams and all his warring and skin changing and all that stuff, do you think that at any point we'll see him be able to communicate with her? That's wild, because I'd, I'd like to think yes, because that's an interesting scene. That would be so... I would cry. I'm not going to lie. It would be real cool, but also seeing that from Bran's point of view mm-hmm. and, and him moving through that, yeah... I would like to think so because in a good world, I think that he gets to see a version of his his mother again, yeah. um, and maybe move through that yeah. in 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 some some very interesting or, or dynamic way, yeah. Because um, otherwise, it just ends up being very very sad because these children feel very bad about what ends up happening oh, they here. Do. They so do, yeah, yeah, no, 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 rightfully I'm, so. I'm not saying that they should. Oh no, I know, I know, I know. It I would know. be cool to to be able to bookend that, yeah. Without it just being here's some more tragedy, yeah. Um, because there's too there's enough of that. There's so much. Of there's that. enough of that, and we're dealing with so much of it here. Here, <laughs> to then move into, hey, guess what? So then, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Please go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and so they're they're still having this conversation about the wolves, and Rob's like, yo, wait, what? And he spots a fire outside the window and something's burning. And at first, Cash just like, oh no, wait, fire, where, what, what? Help yeah, me she thinks like do in it. this room, yeah, let's, let's go. go. Um, he's like, nah, mom, like right across the hall, it's the library. <laughs> to which Cat was just like, oh, good. And he's like, and instead he looked at her kind of astonished, like, mom, I just said there's a fire in the library. So he's like, listen, I have to go. Yeah. I'm going to go. He pull, He gets some guys. He's like, it's burning. You're going to be safe over here. She's like super, super relieved. Because it's not here. Because it's not there. But then she's also a little sad because it's just like she feels like she's not kind of able to kind of pull herself out of it. Mm-hmm. And she has to like kind of let Rob handle everything. And she's just like, man, that might not be his place. But I thought the funniest part was the fact that she literally thought for two seconds. She's like, man, they have a lot of rare books in there. And that's a lot of history in that library. But oh, well, Oops. brand safe. Close and, the window. You know, yeah, we'll close that window and it's all good. So I don't know what your feelings. No, I thought that that, that or... was great. And it, it paints <laughs> such another very cool and clear picture uh-huh. of Kat yeah. being able to to basically move through these modes yeah. where 
she sensed the danger she heard what her son had said yep she immediately jumped into action and was like well what do we need to do to save brain now, now right now yep it's like your mom it's actually across the street mm-hmm. great and she can calm back like because she went into <laughs> high alert mode she did basically ready to do whatever it took yeah. to make sure brand stayed safe realizing that she didn't have to and started to come right back down <laughs> she's like, it's like i don't have to do anything you can go take go take care of that rob jumps right into action he's running down the the stairs yeah. he gets his dudes they go across and she's closing this window she's like well that sucks and and she takes a minute to reflect yeah, about does. like hey these are these histories and mm-hmm. they probably have a lot of books in there oh, you know they do it's gonna burn for a while and closes the the window yeah. now she doesn't have to worry about hearing the dogs or seeing the fire so yeah this is true she's shutting out the noise but then but there's more but then and i would imagine it's like this because i don't know if she saw him first or, or she, she smelled, smelled him. him oh my god <laughs> i was about to be like yeah she probably went that doesn't smell like burning no <laughs> she's like what the she turns around and there's this dude and he's just like, man, you're not supposed to be here. Like, why wouldn't you go downstairs? Like, look, I got business to do. And he kept saying, like, you're, you're not, not supposed, supposed to be, be here. here. And before we go into the, the mm-hmm. conversations that they have, let's just talk about this man and his description. Yes, because she, in this moment, yes. and once again, it's that it's this thing. And I want to keep going back to how sharp Kat is in this chapter. Yeah. Even she, in she, her, at her worst. At her worst. At her worst. She takes in all of this man every piece every detail you know he's meagerly dressed mm-hmm. he's not dressed well very plain clothes he's it's ragged clothes more yeah. than plain um he smells like the stables of which she goes hey man i don't even know this dude like if he smells like the stables and he's been hanging out down there that's weird because i know every dude that works there and you don't work there bro like you don't work there at all like she knows yeah all her staff and i just I, I continue to be impressed by her immersive just nature into this role that she really didn't ask for but she's making the most of it and mm-hmm. she's in there every single day putting in her work and doing her best and i love it but anyway back to this guy he smells like the stables he's gone i said he had like lip blonde hair he's super gaunt he looks frail and i'm just like facts on facts this just sound like viserys it does <laughs> It does. And it's like, oh no, did they hire Viserys? <laughs> they hired Viserys. Oh man. They knew he needed the cash. He is strapped. And he said, y'all don't even know this, but I'm going to use y'all money to un- and y'all. Like, that's it. Yeah. But anyway, that's jokes aside, <laughs> like, he's really messed up. And like, she, she's just, she's just, she's just like trying to register the fact that this man has come in to this room is muttering nonsense. And it's just like, well, why wouldn't I be here? He pulls out this knife. And my, I started to think like, okay, so he's muttering this. One, mm-hmm. what do you think his frame of mind was? Not that it's super important, but like the idea that somebody has to keep muttering the same phrase. They literally, they, you, he was hiding for days in a stable for, for however much money. We'll get to that. And I just think about how easily bought the poor folk are. Yeah, like the small folk are. The small folk are just, they're just used. And it's just like, he would go to this and it it almost seemed like he wasn't like excited but he's like yo i gotta do this because i gotta feed somebody he has no choice you know what i mean like i gotta do this like you ain't supposed to be here and i'm not saying that what he's doing is good i'm not saying he's a good person we're not sitting here and being sad for an assassin he literally was about to murk a child yeah um but it's just crazy to me that somebody could pay somebody to do something that they were cowardly it is but it isn't you know what i mean like it's just it's wild think about the she knows it like she already knew she Mm -hmm. was just like yo this fool 
he somebody done got him to do this. Either way, he's a danger to my yeah, child. You're not gonna hurt my son. And I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. Yeah, she's right now you know right I mean? into action. Yeah, she does. She does. And, and she's like, you're not gonna hurt my son. No, and he's like, well, move aside. Who's gonna move aside, sir? Yeah. Who is going to move aside while you tell me actively you have a knife out? You're saying. One, you're not supposed to be here, so my bad. I didn't want you to witness this, but you got to move out the way so I can get my coins. Mm-hmm. Which, here's my thing, and I'm and I'm not even gonna wait till later because this is this just popped in my head. He already was paid the money. Yeah, he got paid him up front. He got paid up front, so I don't know if the the plan was to give him more after, but he already had your money. So you see the joint there, and you, at this point, you're just murdering for no reason. Whoever sent you is gone, allegedly. Allegedly, and you got the money. You should just go. He really hung out in the stables for at least a couple days. And not to say that whoever sent him wouldn't be powerful enough to come and find him later. But like, you could have made your way up north. Yeah, I, I think a lot of that goes into his frame of mind. And and like you said, with the yeah. mutterings and the way that... And he looks sickly. He felt like he needed to do this. He had yeah. no choice yeah. but to move through this. Yeah. Um, now we're just going to... He He goes to... Spring the action. Yeah, he does. And she's just like, no, nah, you ain't going to do that. So she starts, I mean, obviously she lunges towards him and she tries to stop his hand. And he then grabs her and pulls her like towards him. Like, her, mm-hmm. she's, like she's facing the same direction as him. And she's holding, he's holding her mouth. Yeah. And I have a direct quote. And because she's, he's trying to like, like he has the dagger to her throat. Yes. So she reached up with both hands and grabbed the blade with all her strength, pulling it away from her throat. She heard him cursing into her ear. Her fingers were slippery with blood, but she would not let go of the dagger. And then there was another quote that's right mm-hmm. after that. I just kind of yeah, mixed it up just because like, it's very important to kind of get the imagery that's going on here. Because he, at this point now, has his hand over her mouth. So Catelyn twisted her head to the side and managed to get a piece of his flesh between her teeth. And like, it's crazy to me because she was hating on these wolves, right? Like, not hating, but, like, they were annoying. They were being annoying, which, yeah. again, I relate to. I don't like noise either. So <laughs> she she really was so irritated by this noise, by these wolves, and she's almost like a wolf herself. She's mm-hmm. like, I have to protect my baby. I will literally rip your whole hand off with my bare teeth. Like, her hand at this point, like, she's... You know, her hand is, like, dig... Like, yeah, this, she's this grabbing knife is into digging a into dagger. it, a dagger... Yeah. Which is what we later come to find out is Valyrian steel, the sharpest steel yeah, in the world. Talk about how sharp Valyrian steel is, and she's grabbing and she's grabbing this. it. I just say hats off to Cat because that is some. That is, I am impressed. Like yeah. the thing that she was able to do, like the 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 amount of pain that she must have been able to withstand mm-hmm. to do that. Also, like how hard you gotta bite somebody. To like just start ripping out flesh. Don't matter. You gonna hurt my child? I'm gonna have to bite yeah, bite you man, in half. Like and once like the adrenaline pumps in and and she grabs his dagger and yeah. she's like, I'm gonna pull this away. And because it starts off with her wanting to make a motion to to scream out for yeah, assistance. Yeah, and he's, just and he's like, like, nope, no, stop that. And it's like I'm gonna just end this. She's yeah. like, no, no, you're not. No. And not me, not my child, not here, not now. Not nope. not after everything that she's fought for over over this last month. Yeah. There's there's too much at stake. There's too much risk. And she's like, she can't perish here because she needs to be here for Bran. She does. And I yeah. think that that once again, just these these very moving and emotional 
moments that mm-hmm. exist between these these family members mm-hmm. but cat being able to go right here once again just the way she did with rob hey i'm gonna what what are you doing here i don't understand yeah pulling in all the data yep i don't recognize you i know all my people's I don't know who you are. What yep. are you doing here? Oh, you have a dagger? I gotta stop you. Yeah, and that's it. And that's crazy. And, and, and she's she's fighting. Him. She's fighting. And she she fought pretty well, honestly. Like she came in, she's fighting him, almost overtaking him. Obviously, he's probably a little bigger than her, which is crazy though, because he's still frail and like sickly. But he overcomes her nearly, almost kills her, and then here comes Summer, the wolf. By the way, so the dire wolf Summer. Then comes in. He he somehow senses this danger. He bounds in. Mm-hmm. He pushes the dude off of her onto the floor, and he rips his throat out. Yeah, he rips his throat out. Just um, there's a couple things that I want to talk about here. What do you have to say? No, no, no. I feel like you need to do the the quote first. Oh man, yo, yeah, my favorite such thing. A cool my favorite thing. So from this, this quote was so it was just so beautiful to me, guys. So his blood felt like warm rain as it sprayed across her face. And I just, the juxtaposition between warm rain, which is one of the happiest things. I mean, for me, at, at least. I, you know, I warm, can, you warm know rain what I mean? Warm rain, like summer like rain summer rain is so beautiful. When you just stand in it, how happy and like one with nature and like how warm and just delightful it it's feels. Calming. It's calming yes. in a way. But she's feeling that with blood. The, the blood that is signaling the end of a person's life, but that the end of that person's life means that not only will she live, but her child will live. Yeah. And she's so joyous in that moment. She's just like, I don't even care if it's staining whatever clothes I'm wearing. I don't care that there's blood all in my hair and my face. It felt like warm rain. How and it about was just like also just being so excited that the wolf is here now, too. Oh, dude, she's like handing out thanks. She's like, You're my best friend. Like, you're the best. Like, yo, big ups. Like, you did everything like that I needed you to do. You came in. I ain't gonna lie, they had us in the first half. I ain't gonna lie. But you know, you think, like you think she's gonna send Summer a uh, edible arrangement? I mean, the edible arrangement is the I mean, the edible arrangement is right there. <laughs> um and then, like, yeah, and then, like, Summer comes and, like, cleans her up. It's like, yo, and she's, like, not even, like, bothered. I feel like any other circumstance, Kat's like, do not lick me, dog. Yeah, do not do that. Don't bother me. Um, But Summer comes and, like, licks her up, like, her, the blood off of her wound and, like, cleans her up and then goes sit by uh, Bran's body and taking it back to earlier. If Rob is skin changing, then Bran is skin changing. Was this brand saving himself? I know that this probably has been discussed a billion times, but I just, again, I'm thinking about this yeah. for myself. And I'm just like, because that also is poetic in itself, that she's doing all this to protect Brand, mm-hmm. and then Brand comes protect to protect her. her. And it's just yeah, beautiful. It's, it's real cool. And I have I err on the side of yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like, it's cool imagery. Yeah. Um, even if in the last moment, it ends up not being him. Yeah, yeah. That's cool too. Like if it flip flops, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like him being able to to recognize and and sense this because he'd be there. He was he's there. Yeah, and he's present. And yes. I feel like him being present in summer. Yes. also gives like a a real cool poetic flair to this. Oh, it does. Um, yeah this this assassin was not ready at all. Nah, he didn't know Catelyn Tully was back. Nah, he didn't. <laughs> he know. didn't know Brandon Stark Summer was here. Nah, he didn't. <laughs> he he. And once ready. again, he he was probably pressed into a. I don't want to be apologetic for this assassin who was coming to kill a boy. Yeah, but he probably was put into some spot where he's like, yeah. "Yo, I had to do this." Yeah, and it wasn't for a small amount of change. Oh, it really so, wasn't. It really and wasn't. he also got a Valyrian steel dagger, which 
there can't be that many of them with the dragon bone hilt. Dragon bone hilt, man. Come on, man. <laughs> what and... are you doing? Like at least an assassin with something like the, a kitchen knife, so that we can't CSI that back. You sent them with like a basically with oh, a gonna tag. Get there. We're gonna get there. I just, no, no. Keep talking. I just, I'm just. I, I have think that, things I think that, that that's I wanna... so great. That is just like, yo, I'm gonna send you with this like one of a kind heirloom knife that can easily be tracked back. Which is why I have problems with the discussion that happens later and then continues to happen later throughout this book and series, really. Um, so yeah, like you brought up a good point. Like she's like now she is a thousand and ten percent Team Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny though because before that. She was thankful towards the wolf, but she noticed right away that it was Brand's wolf, which leads me to believe again. She noticed she, no- she noticed the difference between them. She so does. she, you know what I mean? I think she was just being salty to Rob in that moment because she's like, I'm so tired and I don't like these wolves. I don't know which one it is. She, I mean, she, maybe she doesn't know the She didn't even say she didn't know them. It was no. just Rob going on. She was she just knows. like, I don't care which one it is. She knows. I, don't, I just wanted to be quiet. She knows those wolves. Well, she's just like, hey, man. Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, and then she starts to hysterically laugh because it is like her breaking point. She's also like, like it is a mix of, I cannot believe this shit is actually happening to me right now yeah. in this moment. Like, is this shit real? Am I imagining this? How fucking tired am I? Yeah. Did I actually go to sleep? To, I just did it. I just survived this. Mm-hmm. My child is safe again to live another day. He's going to be cool. I did it. And they find her like that. And by they, I do mean the, the so Rob... And crew come yeah. in, and it doesn't really say. I think at this point, who had come in and find, found her, but she's just laughing. And I had the question of, well, who? Wh- how long was yeah, she? How long who, was she? How long was she how there? How long was she there before somebody said? <clears throat> yeah, like they were watching her because it just said, you know, you know, she had finally stopped laughing, and then they took her away to to like be treated or tended to, and it's just like. Was it like a phones out moment? Was it like we just gotta look at her laughing, or yeah, was it just, just like they were scared to approach? Like how, like maybe. mad you come, you come into this looked. room and the scene yeah, is oh, set wow. of this dead body. Yeah, there's blood everywhere. She's covered in blood. Uh-huh. She's laughing. Bran is on this bed, and this wolf is here, and the wolf is just going in. Like I'm just gonna chill here. Um, I'm glad y'all showed up finally just looking so what yeah. what was the, what's that i imagine in order the the guffaws went rob <laughs> roderick lewin lewin <laughs> and they're just like well what yeah and just taking that scene in and yeah. then just cat just like you want to talk about a story that a song could be made of oh man like yeah. if they didn't make a song about that yeah and the the valerian dagger at her throat she bared her teeth like the wolf. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a perfect song That's there. That's a perfect they need song to, there. They need, they, to need to, they need to get on top of that. Whoever does those. Yeah. So we get into her talking about kind of the haze in which she kind of remembers getting from point A to B because it doesn't really open back up until she awakens four days later. But in that time, she remembers like all the stuff that it took to get her to her own sickbed. Yeah. And she remembers, like, just being, like, kind of attended to by her handmaid. She remembers Nan coming in, which I really want to talk about. Yeah, which you should. Um, and then she talks about, like, Lewin coming in to dress her. So um, do you have anything before I start going in on Nan? Because no, no, I think, I think you should talk Nan's... about Nan. Because up to this point, we haven't had any other opportunities in this chapter to have her reflections 
about any other women and any other named women. Uh-huh. So we should definitely talk about her and the way that she feels towards Nan. Yeah, yeah, because they just talk about the fact that like as soon as it happens, Nan came through and was just like, yo, y'all, I need to give her a bath. I got to make sure she's cool. She bathed her. She clothed her. She made sure she was okay. She called Lewin in and made sure Lewin dressed her stuff right. Yep. She, made, she sat you know, by her bedside and made sure she was fine. Kind of mirroring what Kat was doing for Bran. Yes. And I was just thinking of the fact, because we know that Catelyn lost her mother at a relatively young age. So mm-hmm. she doesn't have her mother with her anymore, specifically. And then when she moved north, there weren't really many women like, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm still unsure as to whether or not she brought, like, Mordain and the Septas and whatnot with yeah. her. Yeah, did they come with her or did they have or, a piece or what I said. Back? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would imagine that, again, Nan was the only kind of sense of female camaraderie that she had. And she's an older woman, so she's somebody that she could look up to in terms of, like, well, like, you're, you, you have experienced things that I may not have experienced yet. Can you kind of give me guidance and help? And it's a, it's a relationship that I really wish was a little bit more expounded upon because I think it probably had to be a very important relationship in her mm-hmm. life. And it's, it's kind of it's almost like, oh, Nan is a joke. Oh, it's just Nan. But, like, I, I imagine she's a very important part of that household. Yeah. And I imagine that she helps Kat a lot. She and, helps Kat with so many things. You know? I'm just like, any everything... From how she has to handle the affairs of state in mm-hmm. that household, mm-hmm. all the way to here's what we're doing with these children today. Mm-hmm. If there's a board up anywhere in Winterfell, mm-hmm. Nan is the one who is probably with Cat yep. figuring that out. Yeah, um, yeah, she she's she's a big part of that household. Yeah, and I'm really appreciative of the fact that even in this, Cat is aware of and calls out here to Nan mm-hmm. in 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 this way, even before calling, you know, for like Lewin, Lewin and mm-hmm. anything like that. It's just like, yo, no, well, Nan can really help me. Well, I don't know feel... if she calls her because she was well, delirious. By I that mean, point, like here but... in, in the reflection, like oh, the fact oh, she, that we're getting she recalls Nan first. her recalling oh, yeah. Nan first. Like, yeah. I, think, I think that that's some like real cool stuff that she calls she calls to here. I think so, too. Um, yeah. And they, they, they should talk about that more because I really would like, I wish that, I'm saying they, it's one person wrote these books. I keep saying they, it's George. George. But anywho, Lewin also came to to care for her bandages. So when she wakes up, she does recall, like, cause she was still a little unsure as to whether or not it was real or not. Mm-hmm. And so she starts to recall that like, yeah, no, Lewin did have to tend to her, um, her wounds. And she's saying like he had given her milk of the poppy because like in that moment she did not feel the pain because it was like an adrenaline rush. She had to protect Bran. But obviously pain comes along and they start talking about, um, actually there's a quote. So I can just <laughs> read the quote. <laughs> read the quote. Yeah. The cuts in her fingers went deep, almost to the bone. And her scalp was raw and bleeding where he pulled out a handful of hair. And it's crazy to think because like this is something that is a part of that attention to detail we talk about in George Stoller, right? Yes. Where it will continue throughout the next few chapters, I would imagine, because this is not something that's going to go away. This event happened to her. This physical affront to her person happened to her. Yeah, this trauma is with her. Yeah, and so she's going to carry that. Now, she survived it, and that's a good thing. What you also have to remember that, like, something, like, physically changed her body. So she now has these scars that she kind of carries around. Yeah, she even says so much as, like, her her hands, like, her fingers felt like stones. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and that just comes from, like, hey, guess what? She doesn't have all of the mobility in her digits the way that she did before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just, 
it's kind of a like a happy, I don't want to say happy, but it's like it's like a painful reminder, but like it it makes her happy because at the same time, her being able to feel that pain again has bringing her kind of out of that slump that she was in before. Mm-hmm. And it also is a reminder of her that she is strong and she's able to survive a lot of stuff. And she can, she's worth it because I think she was starting to feel like down on herself because she wasn't properly running the household the way she had been taught she could. Yeah. But she didn't give her room. She didn't give herself the room to to feel sadness or to grieve. And I think what happened to her is a reminder that, hey, you're a human being. You're allowed to, those things are allowed to happen to mm-hmm. you. But you also still had strength in you and you had purpose and you had a reason for being there. And Absolutely. you were not wrong. And had you not gone through that, had you not been there, had you been off pretending that it wasn't bothering you or not caring about Brand, your son would have died. So... You know, yeah. What else could she have done in that moment? Yeah. And here we're kind of left with her reflections mm-hmm. of what had happened mm-hmm. and what is to happen next. Yeah. Um, her her resolve has changed. Oh yeah, and she is renewed in mm-hmm. her belief mm-hmm. of what she needs to do next. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually very clear cut mm-hmm. what she's ready to do now. Yep. Please tell me you have a quote. Oh, a quote about when she was talking about all the things. So she said that you know. I don't have the quote about that. I do have a quote, mm-hmm. obviously. Okay. Always have a quote. But no, I don't have the quote about, I think you're talking about when she was sitting there reflecting on like, you know, she feel like she let herself down. She yeah, let her kids she down. Like she, she let, let, she let down. her house yeah. down. Mm-hmm. And the biggest question I had is when she said she felt like she, she specifically said, I feel like I let my house down. And I'm just like, well, damn, was she talking about being a starter? Was she being a totally? And then not two seconds later, I was treated with this. It would not happen again. She would show these Northerners how strong a Tully of River Run could be. And yeah, like I, I was like, okay, cool. So that's where we're at. She's yeah. just like, I have a renewed sense of like my sense of self and her sense of self comes from the fact that she's a Tully of, a tully she of River Run. She has so much pride in it. She has so much house pride. Yeah. And I think that that, I don't know, it's a little symbolic in, in, in the sense that for so long, she kind of felt like she wasn't really able to do what she needed to do. Even though she, obviously she's still thriving. She did mm-hmm. her thing. Yes. But like- this is the first time I'm willing to bet she's been here without Ned alone since probably the Great Joy Rebellion. And at that time, you got to think about it. Her babies were very, very young mm. and she was still trying to figure it out. I mean, the rebellion happened like maybe five, six years after Robert's rebellion ended. So you got to imagine. I don't even think I think she might have been either pregnant with Bran or she was just had had Bran. So she had a oh, newborn wow. baby. So she yeah. was just going through stuff. This is the first time that, like, yes, she does have a child that is severely injured and 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 needs a lot of care at the moment. But she's firm in herself because she's been given more time to kind of be around these people. So she knows them better. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's now confident enough to be like, listen, I can't ever let that happen again. I'm never going to, like, catch myself slipping. Y'all <laughs> going to find out today. This is what a Tully does. And this is how we do things in the South. That's what, that's what I'm going to tell. And, like, she is proud of that instead of being afraid because she says she's like, she, she says she's going to show these Northerners because I still think after all these years, she feels like she has to prove herself to people up here. Yeah. It's very different for her. Um, We get it in the first chapter. We get it again in her second chapter. Mm -hmm. It's she, she feels othered there. Yeah. But that doesn't deter her, her vision or her strength. No. Um, We get a lot of reflections where she's like, yo, River Run was cool. The North is weird. But guess what? Here, I I understand exactly who I am and mm-hmm. where I come from, and that's not going to change who I am now yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Um, if anything, this yeah. attack does, and not to say that she's down on the north. No, not at all. It's just this. This is just another thing that goes to prove for her why it's important for her to 
live with and exist in her pride yeah. and, and the pride of her house and the pride of her family and why I think it's, we get those reflections back of why it's important for her to see herself and her children mm-hmm. because that pride mm-hmm. I think extends yeah. to them exclusively um, in a way where it's like, this will make them stronger as well because mm-hmm. they're going to have the same strength of character that I have and, and I'm willing to give that to them. And that's that's a good thing. And it's a good callback to last week mm-hmm. where like, I don't know, like we talked about it then even. It, it was It's almost like an affront for a woman to not wholly immerse herself into her husband's culture. So much so that even children like John can say, well, you know, how dare Joffrey think about his mother's house? And, you know, Arya's like, that's dumb. Because I wait, I think yeah. about my mom's. And here's the thing. I don't think that Kat goes to the extent of pushing Tully, like, ideas on her children. I do think that she wants her children to wholly, or not wholly, but like majority majority identify as Starks. Yes. But I do think it is important for her to be like, hey, but this is about like your mom, this is this is what comes from me. And mm-hmm. this is what I can teach you from this. And like I want you to be proud in being a Stark. You are a Stark. You are a Stark of Winterfell. This is where you're born. This is where you're raised. This is your father's house. This is the legacy that you'll carry into the world. But you also have this, have this other toolkit that I can kind of provide to you. And I just think it's it took her in that moment to kind of be like, hey, because this is weird because, and we'll get a little bit more of this when we see her and Rob at River Run, where okay. she's starting to see him like, hey, yeah, he's a star. He's definitely a star. But like, yo, he got a little tummy in him too, you know? And it's just- Yeah, it's there. It's, it's, it's always there. Kind of and it's there. there. And, it's, and I think that's when she sees him. She's like, well, I always thought he was him because I don't think she thinks in her own day-to-day that like, oh, I'm not giving him enough of both. Yes. And now she's just like, oh, wait, maybe he's been getting a lot of this. Maybe I should also show him this. And not to say that Rob doesn't think his mom is strong. He obviously does because he comes to his mom for everything. Mm -hmm. But it's just really interesting because she never, I don't think she realized until then how important it was for her to assert herself in that way. Yeah. And to live her truth, really. Because it's just like, this is how I've been feeling all these years, but y'all never know. Yeah. But guess what? Not going to shy away from it now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. This is is what we're doing moving forward. Here here are the facts. And I dig it. And, you know. It's real cool. Once again, another one of those reasons why I I come back to really enjoying Kat and Mm -hmm. her chapters. Mm -hmm. Because this chapter moves in such a way where it's like, reading through these pages, I'm like, oh man, it's over? Because so much happens in such a short period of time. Yeah. But the way that she moves through all of these things and really moves through her her own character development is understanding and, and being very observant of the things around her mm-hmm. um, and watching how other people react to the things that she does. Because um, you see it with how it happens with the people who show up next, mm-hmm. which is... Oh, yeah, just roll call all of them. Cause So she's like, all right, I'm ready to eat. Y'all can... She asked probably... She just asked for like... Honey and toast. Yeah, she said, can I get some bread and can I get some honey? Yeah. And they were just like, all right. And they end up bringing her a whole bunch of food yeah, they, that she don't want. But that's a whole nother thing. She's just like, y'all are doing the most. But thank you. But the most. <laughs> so they uh, all roll in. And it's just... <sighs> do you want to just go down the line? Or yeah, do you want to like... We need to do them individually. So let's start with... Let's start with her baby boy. Okay, baby I boy comes like in. He's the least problematic person who shows up today. <laughs> Um, problematic though. I'm saying problematic in that like they're just doofuses sometimes just, like I don't even think that they're like I, I don't think they're ill-meaning I just think that she knows she's the smartest person in the room but you know that can lead to being ill-meaning even if you're not actively going out of your way to harm a person 
by being inconsiderate or, or, or not having the understanding, you can still do rude or callous things. I don't think they're being rude. I think they just are so. No, I think that they don't know that they're doing it. They're yeah. not observant. So anyways. So let's start with Rob. So Rob comes in. Rob. Go ahead. You talk about Rob. Rob rolls into this room. He does. Swaggered up. He is feeling him. Like if, if there's if there's ever a moment where I'm like, I saw Cat's son. Yeah. It was this. Yeah. Because he was really feeling himself. He's like, yo, we stopped that fire. Yo, we did some stuff. We researched a little on the assassin. Hey, mom, did you notice? Did you notice? He didn't even say it. I have that thing on me. Yo, 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 yo. So she been mentioning the whole time when he walked in the Every room time the first time, the she's like, he got a sore on his hip. But she was too tired the first time. Yeah, she couldn't address it then. He comes in this time. It's just like on full display. And she's just like, my baby is really wearing a sore on his hip. Like, what is going on? First off, I have two questions. My first question is, Roderick Cassell, my son has real seal. Roderick, like, you know, it was past time. Like, we need all hands on deck, Ma. Like, you know, like, whatever. Like, you know. Like, that's it. And, like, we just, yeah, he got the sword. My second question <laughs> is why. I told you. Oh, I, I heard what you said. I'm going to need for you to say it again, but better, because that's not acceptable to me. He's running around with a with live steel now? He's like, listen, lady, He's you told us that he's the Lord of Winterfell now. Like, he can't not have he a is, sword. And I was only asleep for four days, and this is what you do when I'm asleep? See how everything First of all, falls listen, apart? Listen, listen, listen. She's, she's failing to remember that he had it the day she yeah, got it. He did. You know like what you I mean? said, she was, she was mad tired. So, and she all right. Deal with it. So, Rob comes in, and then Roderick, again, he's there, and he's just like, yes. hey, listen, we have the, the scoops, we have the tea. Yeah, all right. Rob's wearing a sword now, but that's only because logistically we need all hands on deck. We need everybody to be here and blah, 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 blah. I have information about the assassin, but let me introduce you first to our new master arms. Well, not master arms. Who, what is Hollis? He's a, he's a castle. The, Cas- the, the, the captain of the guard. Captain of the guard. Sorry. Yes. Captain of the guard. Yeah. He's Hollis Mullen. And he's just like, yeah, it's me. And she's just like, okay. He's like, yeah, it's me. And she's like, who are you? Who are you? Like, <laughs> Hollis, this is the first time I'm seeing you. Like, He's a big boy. I don't know how you missed him. And it's just like, what? And then he's just like, yeah, I got information too. And and I'm just I'm just letting you know like that you're going to be protected. She's like, oh, I'm going to be protected? You mean like that night? How come none of y'all, how did he get upstairs? How did he get upstairs? I seriously. Who of y'all let him get upstairs? I don't understand how at this point, and, and it still baffles me, Man. how one of our most important people, not one, two of the most important people in this entire castle did not have at least one guard on that stair. The, the fact that this gaunt, stank dude was able to slither his way up into this room and almost destroy so here's the, the foundation of this family here's the thing. is so wild to me. It's so wild to me, too. To be fair, Go ahead. Rob probably asked as he was going down the stairs for the guards to follow him. They can't say no. Oh, so this Rob's fault. So Rob was a little, he's little, so he wasn't thinking about it, but like. Roger could have been like, hey, man, like one of y'all has to stay yeah, up here. But he probably wasn't thinking in that moment. Hey, guess what? Like, we have to think about what's happening at the library. Yeah. Also, Nothing was the dude in the hallway before? Because he got in there mad quick, like almost immediately after Rob had left, the guy slipped into the room. So. Probably wasn't the hallway, but I'm willing to bet that as soon as he saw the guard, it's it's like your your quintessential uh, uh, like stealth game. You see the people come off the door yeah. and you're like, hey, I have five seconds to get in yeah. and, and do what I need to do. So. Yeah. He probably saved up all his strength to get up them stairs. Yeah. And he thought like, oh, the boy's going to be here. I'm going to go boop, boop and be out. Yeah. 
and Kat was there and that stopped him. And that's, yeah. I, that's why I think the muttering starts. Yeah. And he's just like, what are you doing here? What, what, what? Yeah. But yeah, they, but, they come in with the report. And she's like, like, I don't understand how there was nobody on, in protecting mode. And like, he came and then Theon's here. And Theon's just like, well, yeah, he probably was with the horses because he stank. And that's all he had to give. And Hollis goes, yeah, yeah, he stank. He was with the horses. And you know who else be with the horses? Holdor. So you probably should ask him why wasn't nobody here. Because it was probably Holdor. Like, he probably seen them and nobody questioned him. And it's just like, are you kidding? She wakes up and she is so sad. Things are going very poorly now in her house. When She said, you really going to blame Holdor? Hollis really laid her bloody fingers <laughs> on Hodor. And I'm really sitting here like... For, like, that ain't right. That well, ain't right. That is wrong on so many we're, levels. We're going to get into it, but like, Theon really disappoints oh, me oh, this chapter. Oh, oh. We're going to get there. Theon really disappoints me this chapter. Listen. And... <sighs> I mean, do you want to go in now or do you want to no, no, go no. in... What more should we say about Rob? I mean, it all kind of flows together. I'm just going in there. It all comes together. It's so crazy. And it's just like Hollis is going on about Hodor. Then Roderick starts talking about the money. Yeah. And how much money was it? It was, I think, 60 silver stags. Was it 60 or was it 90? I. Because I remember her being like, hey, well, at least it was enough. Because she's like, yo, how much did he, was he going to be paid? And it's like, yo, oh, that's actually an amount that I think my son is worth. Well, she was like, oh, nice to know he wasn't sold so cheaply. Yes. Um, I just wonder how much it it was because it's like, if you do the quick math, was that an amount that would have been so much? Because this also leads back into the whole, who could have done this? Who had the access? Who could provide this blade? But who could offer up that much cash on hand real quick to just be like, I need you to do this thing for an amount of money? Um I, I don't know if it really makes sense that it being, I don't, I don't know, like it being as much as it is that it could only be but so many different people who could have offered up that kind of cash. It's in, 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 it's hold just, on, hold on for a minute. Hold on. Okay. Just because I really am. You're right. It was 90 silver stags. Okay. It was 90 silver stags. 90 silver stags. And she's just like, yeah, like he's, whoever did it had money. So that's what I wanted to say. Before I go back into Rob, yeah, yeah, because yeah. then Rob gets angry. Oh, Rob because does a real wild thing. So she starts to deduce. When when Roger comes and says, yeah, it was 90 silver stags that they paid this guy that we found on his person, which mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out, okay, cool. Like they just pocketed that, right? Like, oh, definitely. Like, did 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 a random person, or did they give the money to Cat so she can do with it what she wanted to? Well, I feel like at the end of this chapter, we'd figure out what she does with that money. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's go back to this dagger because I had thoughts this entire thing, and here exactly, um, I'm saying dagger. See, you got me thrown off. I'm I'm talking about this money. We're not talking about the dagger yet. Okay, so talk about the money first. No, we're done with that. I'm just saying that, like, they she starts to question because of the amount of money that it has to be somebody of means that paid this person to come. Mm-hmm. So she starts to ask questions in which everybody in the room is just like, nah, man, there's no way somebody would try to kill Bran. Who would do that? That's a kid. And Theon's just like, yeah, like, that's stupid. Like, nobody would ever do that. And then Rob is just 
like kind of paired him because we talked about mm-hmm. it again. The Theon yes. is his companion and they're homies. And he's just like, no, nah. she's just like, because he was just like, well, why would anybody want to hurt Bran? And Kat hits him with the, think about it. Please answer your own question. Please do not be as doltish as these yeah, men over here. Just listen to yourself for a minute. Stop to mm-hmm. think before you open your mouth. Why would somebody want to kill your brother? And he comes to a conclusion where she's very proud of him. And he's like, oh, well, somebody didn't want him to wake up because they were afraid he might say something that could incriminate them. Yes. And she's like, ding, ding, ding. She's like, thank you, Rob. And they're just like, oh, man, that's no way. No, that's crazy. Like, that, that's wild. And and I have two things to say on that. Okay. One of which I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that they talk about how proud she is of him. But also very proud that she lets him come to his like she her her method of teaching him is to let him do and to let him learn from his own mistakes and to let him kind of lead while she is there to catch him if he falls. Mm -hmm. But she needs him to be strong in front of these men because these are going to be his men one day. So she needs him to be able to lead without having to fall back on his mother because she, like even when like they come into the room they start asking her other questions and she's just like hey my son is acting Lord of Winterfell y'all need to talk to him yes y'all need to talk to him like I'm gonna be here like make no mistakes about it I would let my opinions be known but I would like it if you please yeah, refer please to Rob him. first yes. please um defer sorry um to that Roderick then goes wait actually that makes a lot of sense and let me tell you why because i thought for a minute when i saw that blade that it was too fine a weapon for this man so this is a direct quote he says the blade is valyrian steel the hilt dragon bone a weapon like that has no business being in the hands of such as him someone gave it to him and she's just like oh finally you guys are coming around thanks uh detective roger that's great um at this point i would like to discuss (laughs) let's do the scooby-doo i i just Who did it? Who did it? Who who sent the assassin? At this point, obviously, they're saying the Lannisters TM. Okay. Who do you think? I don't know. I'm like, and that's the thing. This whole entire reread, I've been like, yo, I'm I'm gonna look for clues. I'm gonna try to see because I mean, there are suspects, right? There are there are major suspects. Mm-hmm. The common consensus in in the community, I believe, is that it was Joffrey. I still, I'm not. I don't buy it. Yeah. I don't buy it just because I feel like one. That boy don't even seem like he carry no money on him or can count or even like talking to poor people. So yeah, for him to approach a person, the dagger access doesn't make sense. Like the I I'm still really confused as to how the dagger switched and didn't switch because it was supposed to have belonged to Tyrion and then it belonged to Baelish mm-hmm. and then somehow some way Joffrey was supposed to get it. Like I'm really confused on all that and I know we're supposed to believe that Joffrey is like just like messed up beyond repair he's just like criminal mastermind i just don't even buy it why would he want to kill bran i don't get it i mean the reason being people give is just like oh well you know he heard robert saying that you know it's a crime to let the kids suffer and like he would kill it if it was his son or something like that and and he thought to impress his father but even in that i just don't and then here's my thing so here's the thing you can't incriminate joffrey without also incriminating fan favorite sandor clegane because (laughs) (laughs) sandor would have been the one to deal with it sandor could have well sandor could have done it himself but sandor would have been smart enough to be like yo i'm a hire dude in here we'll just be done with it but why would sandor be like you know what i want to leave a mark i want to i want them to use this blade that will be traced back to me and sandor of all the things that i think he taught joffrey which who knows none of the lessons were good ones in mm-hmm. my opinion but i feel like that would be one of yeah, them like teach him discretion probably not because that boy is he all about flashing 
Oh, yeah. But again, I, it still does not sit well with me. I mean, if that's the answer that George wants us to believe, then that's the answer. It doesn't add up for me. Yeah, I it doesn't. Like it um, the second person being, I'm like, all right, cool. It could be Baelish, but like, there's not enough here pointing. But why would Baelish, like, how did he get up there? How did the person also, how would he have known that Bran would have been hurt to do all that? Like, like, did he get the news immediately the day it happened? But what I'm saying is it takes at least a month to get on foot. Yeah. That so what if, I mean, unless he sent him by boat. I don't, again, we're going to come back to that mm-hmm. eventually. I just, again, I still think that given the, just looking at the information we were given here, that the person had this blade and wanted the blade to be known to be like, there, there's no way that, I mean, unless they gave the person the blade as a prize, which maybe a kid would do something stupid like that. It just still, yeah. people want to listen to this and be like, you're so stupid. Like, of course it like, no, I'm, I really don't guys. I don't, it, just, it, it don't doesn't make, it make, doesn't sense, make sense, sense to me. Yeah. It just doesn't even seem like something that that little goofy boy would do. Like, yeah. So it's like our, our, our pool of, and I don't want to spend too much time on that. So no, I just, that's, I that's just, super fair. anyway, um, but one thing I do know at this point, they believe it's the Lannisters mustache twirl trademark mm-hmm. and casting up in her bed. Now she's just like, look, I don't want this breakfast is too damn much. And I'm not even hungry no more. Let me tell y'all all y'all right now need to say y'all swear pinky square that y'all on my side and that y'all going, whatever is in this room is in this room and y'all better swear. And everybody goes in their I'm own like, term yep. and swears. Theon starts talking about how Ned is his dad oh or his gosh. second father and how he has to be like Theon, indebted to them. Stop. And the and I just it's just her talking about, and then she's just like, all right. And they all say yes, we agree. Yeah, so she starts to talk, she starts to talk, and she's just like, Hey, it was Atlantis's facts and facts. Like that's all y'all need to know. Like it was Atlantis's, they did this, and I know it, and I know they tried to kill my son. And I know they'd kill John Aaron. And I know they did this stuff. And y'all better believe me. And something got to be done. And before she starts going in on this, it's just people, <laughs> because I just have the thought, like we, I'll tell you two people, I know it wasn't. It wasn't Cersei and it wasn't Jamie. I wish it was. I really wish it was. How do you, how do you know? Because they are so dumb. They are so dumb. <laughs> they are They are the dumbest. I. I <laughs> and I'll tell you this. I say this with love in my heart because I love them. I do. I'm both of them. I do. One more than the other, but we'll get there later. <laughs> I'll say it. I love Cersei to death. She's crazy, but... Okay, so how are they dumb in this instance? The, I mean, just they're just stupid. The fact that, because a reasoning that Kat gave, one of the biggest things she said, she was just like, all right, well, you know what I peep? When all the men went out hunting, you remember when y'all went on y'all little trip the other day? Guess who was still here swagging around? Jamie. Jamie. And it's just like, they are so indiscreet. And it just... It seems like they want to be caught. And I get it. At this point specifically, I can't even like, I can't. No, actually, I'm going to say it. I don't blame Cersei for what happened Mm -hmm. there only because we know later she did not want that to take place. She was actively trying for it to not take place. Jamie was just like, well, I'm upset. And you, you understand what it's like, you know, seeing you with him and I'm not getting into that. But that was her basically being like okay cool i don't want you to be tripping so we're gonna go and do this which i think is a dumb idea by the way even for us freaking team rocket over here and (laughs) (laughs) and i just i'm just like i don't understand how dumb y'all have to be to not even go like they knew because they they talked to Tyrion. there was winter's town they could have went and they could have got themselves a little hotel room and they could have went outside to, to do this in somebody's house brazen brazenly 
for him to to be seen actively walking around, you know he was talking shit about people. You know he was making jokes. You know he's being loud about it because that's his whole personality. For people to see and take note of the fact that you did not join the rest of the hunting party, that you stayed back here and was doing God knows what, and couldn't nobody account for Cersei for an hour. Yeah, and, that... and magically, oh, y'all walk out. Oh, what happened? Like, again, like I said, it is so amazing to me that they're not dead. Yeah, because I don't understand how they were never caught. Like the books are riddled with just stories of them just having their little tee moments. And it's just like, everybody knows. Even Lewin at some point goes, no, the queen, no, you can't accuse her beloved brother. And it's just like, he put an emphasis on beloved. Like everybody knows they're mad close. They always be booed up on each other. I know it. Like, and here's the thing. It's just, it's funny to me because Cersei is so afraid of it getting out, mm -hmm. but she don't ever send him away. And he's always there. Always and they be there. showing up wearing like matching outfits and shit. Like again, they're and dumb. I, I like your dumb. analogy of Team Rocket. I think it's very fitting. That is them. They will be that blasting is off. Oh God. And then I go, sorry, if you wanna if you wanna get into I'm sorry, I'm gonna cut you off, but I'm very passionate about this. They are not only are they dumb, not only do everybody know. I don't understand how they've been able to trick everyone because to me it's just so obvious and, and it's just like y'all are ridiculous. Who doesn't see this? But okay. And then Kat goes, yeah, you know, like they're doing all this stuff. And literally everybody in the room gasping is just like, nah, man. No, they can never do that. Like, oh, uh, even Roger goes, I don't bang with the Kingslayer at all. He's not, he would never murder children. The queen of him, like, they're so pretty. Why would they? Somehow it's so unbelievable. Oh, like, not them. They're angels. And I'm just like, that's what it is. That's what people look at them and are just like, oh. They could do no harm. Look at how they dress. They're so, they're so, uh, they're put together. So maybe that then bleeds into the privilege and agency that they have oh, due to their yes. name and their house. Yes. So they can move through life with these kinds of things banging at their door and they can just kind of brush them off. But that also speaks more to the character of the of two of them. why that they wouldn't, of they why want, it's not, they don't have to be careful. They don't they have don't to be care. careful because they don't, it's callous. Oh, it's almost, it's almost so ridiculous. It and is. it's like, it so is. they have to look at it and be like, well, no, it doesn't make sense that it could be them because we already know that they don't care. And it's weird if they did, why would they care so much to have sent in a sack? Actually, yeah. you know what? That makes sense. So they thank can, you for bringing me through that. They because, can, they can yeah. move through that. They can kind of be like, I don't care. And they don't care. It's still silly that but they would be like, they no. do care the most. It's just, it's a, it's a lot. It's crazy. It's a whole lot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then not to harp on that again. It's just, I thought that was crazy because Kat is literally the only person in this room. is just like, y'all don't see it. Y'all don't see it. They all scam at everybody. They scam at everybody. And, Theon is just like, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I'll be on your team. Yeah, sure. Like, mm -hmm. I believe it. Yeah. They could be like that. And then this is when Rob then realizes, oh, hey, yes. like, all right, this is real. This is happening. The Kingslayer, the Kingslayer, the the uncle and 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 older clone of my nemesis Joffrey. Oh, he gonna pay for this. And he swings his sword out in a room full of people. I can't imagine this room is too big and they all kind of standing close. Mm -hmm. There's no social distancing happening in that room. No. Um, and Cass just like, oh my Roger said, put it away, put it away, put it away. You can't have that out there right now. What did I tell you about that boy? And Cat goes, You gave it to him. Duh. You gave it to him. Like. Of course he's going to pull it out. He's a child. Why would you give him? Thanks for giving my son real steel, Roderick. 
And Rogers was like, oh, well, that's different. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know what? Let's change the subject. I'm with you. Either way, I'm with you. And then Theon. Theon, who has been disappointing me up up to this point. Right, let's talk about this. Why is why is Theon disappointing you? Because I ride for the Drown God. I know. And I anything know. and everything, House Greyjoy brings me joy. I know. Um except for Theon in this moment. Um normally I'm 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 really ready for Theon to to burst in and you know, we're we're now understanding that what Theon's 1920 at this point. Yeah, yeah. So everything that he says, it like because of the nature of his existence here in this house, uh-huh. he kind of has to parrot the things that are happening around him. Yeah. So I get it. That's, you know, hostage mentality. He has to kind of work his way through these conversations. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that hurts me the most is just him not being able to be anywhere near deductive as his 14-year-old counterpart in Rob and to have these feelings and these emotions of love and admiration mm-hmm. for his captors, mm-hmm. like, not about Cat, no, but more so, but about Ned. Yeah. And speaking of him glowingly, as if like his dad isn't just like a plane's trip away. Mm. Um, well, he can't. No, I know he can't yeah. get to him. But like, I'm just saying, like the proximity of them where they're at to to Pike. He's oh, yeah, not yeah, so yeah. far away that he could not think about or see his father. Obviously, he gets reflections from Lewin about his family and yeah, his honor. Nice. He wears his sigil. Yeah, but yet here he is. A very alone in this feeling of mm-hmm. like, hey, um, you know, our family has to ride hard. And guess what? Specifically, and I love how in every chapter, like we even got that in the, the other chapter with Daenerys, with people talking about reflections of what Greyjoys do for others. Yeah. And they all get it wrong. And they somehow do. Theon doesn't they know do. enough about his family to know that Balin Greyjoy <laughs> would not give two craps no. about what's happening nope. here. Didn't he, he like say like my family owes yours a great debt he said, or something? My family owes yours a great debt. I ride for you, and I'm like, ooh, and just like the like pulling at my collar. That's oh, not the take. Lewin fam. did that. Lewin was like, <clears throat> starts Lewin, like pulling Lewin, his collar. Lewin and it's was just really like, like, I thought I taught you better. Oh my gosh! But like, that's do also- you think he taught him that way, or do you think he? Taught, I mean, he. I, I would imagine like Lewin rides for the Stark, so Star, he's going to tell history yes, the he way does, that the Stark but he says. He also tells history because he's 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 a maester. He he cares about the facts the way that they exist yeah so he's given him enough information so that it's like hey you should be able to draw your own conclusions cool i guess it's cool that he's like hey i ride for the starks but to say like yo man my house rides for the starks we owe you a great debt is just laughing in the face of history yeah. and, <laughs> and also it's, it's kind of like history. erasing the fact that like not erasing but it's it's glossing it's, over it's ignoring the fact that like they owe you a great debt because they decided not to kill you yes hmm think about it just that's just let that sit for a little bit um yeah. we get more theon reflections of course um, we do. yeah so i think that there's going to be more time to kind mm-hmm. of move through some of the things that he thinks and, and, mm-hmm. and feels about this family mm-hmm. just in this instance like because I, I bet that that all happens real fast mm-hmm. and it's like they're talking about like oh here's where this dagger came from Ooh, the doublement twins did this and <laughs> oh and 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 guess what and then you know the tension cutter in the room actually is Rob pulling out his sword. Yeah. Going, guess Which what? Which is beautiful. I'm, he's like, I'm going to fight the Kingslayer in single combat. Like, dog, first off, no, there's like five people you probably shouldn't fight in this whole series. And one of them is Jamie. I'll say a lot about Jamie, but the dude can fight. Yep. <laughs> the dude can fight and dude can fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. And that's like, he's not going to not win that fight, especially now, like Rob being who he is and, and, yeah. and still being in kind of pretty much yeah. untrained hands. Yeah. Um, Roderick, you know, calming him back down mm-hmm. and Theon kind of doubling down on yeah. this 
um, this state kind of, of understanding, like, just like, like them coming around together, around and calming him down. Yeah, so it's and, like, yeah, we all calm him down, but like, Kat being like, all right. What do you think about, though, just a, one more thing about mm-hmm. Theon, because yes. Kat, when she thinks about Theon, she always says her husband's ward, her husband's ward. Mm-hmm. And we know later on down the line, she's going to be like, yo, Rob, maybe you should be wary. So like, I didn't really see her being really indicative of the fact, like she wasn't uncomfortable that Theon was there. She didn't feel yeah. uncomfortable in telling her plans in front of Theon. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of curious as to what like that... I think that changes after she goes to King's Landing. And I we'll talk about that yeah. once we get okay. through to okay. that. Okay. Um, not that I don't think that no, now right. isn't the time. It's just there's not enough information there to to be counter yeah. to that argument yeah. just yet. Yeah. But yeah, no, 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 no. She is very much feeling like, hey, I'm gonna tell you all this stuff. One, because she needs to, because she doesn't have time to wait for them to come to that understanding and figure no. that out on their own. She She's says, like, I, I got to do it myself. I have to move y'all through this. Yeah. Also, here's the decisive action. Here's what I'm going to do mm-hmm. because there's no way that we can't send a Raven can't because it Rob. could get into anyone's hands. I cannot send you Rob because there has to be a Stark in Winterfell. Yep. And that's also very telling because mm-hmm. she is not a Stark. She no. is a Tully. Yeah. She's a Tully. I feel like she, she reclaimed her Tully heritage she today. She did. And she it did. is, it's very powerful in like the decisive actions that she decides to take next, mm-hmm. which is deciding, Hey, straight up, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah. Immediately. They're like, all right, cool. Well, you can go, but we're going to send you with a huge guy. She's like, that doesn't make sense. That's not stealthy. I'll go. Maybe I'll take someone. Roger said me, please Roger, me. Roger's like, <laughs> dog my hand was up first y'all all saw it i called shotgun um he's <laughs> gonna go fine. and then there's a small guard and i'm once again going back to what we said was what happened with the money i feel like the assassin's money paid for their trip their down by harbor so yeah. pay for that ship yeah um and 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 that's where where cat's headed so she's gonna go meet up with her husband yeah to speak to him in person because and she says specifically she wants to get there before him because yes. she has to establish some stuff before mm-hmm. him which is very, very Yeah, she's like, I'm well. going to come down here and I'm going to get all the information. I'm going to do yeah. my she's research. She's going to do her research, then she's going to come because she said, like, it's easier to travel with less people. Mm-hmm. And then if I take a boat, I'll get there much, much faster, which is very crazy because there is no way, to the best of my knowledge, for you to get from, well, no, because she's going White Harbor the other way. I'm Winterfell, thinking she was White going Harbor down. Down. Okay, cool. Because I'm thinking she's going on, I forget that White nope, Harbor is It doesn't to go the, the other way. Yeah. It's to the east. Okay. It, yeah. It's like I'm southeast. thinking it was to the west, but no, it's to the east. Yep. And then she'll just go right down. So yeah, she that's her down. She'll get there mad mad quick and her and Roderick are about to have the adventure of their lives and it's going to be a fun road trip yeah i I think the next cat chapter should be very interesting i think it should be um coming out of this how are you feeling about about cat right now i mean i continue to love cat stark tully stark Mm -hmm. cat tully yes stark same person maybe maybe not Mm -hmm. i don't know but no no seriously honestly i i really i dig her um and i like i like i like that she has like not scathing opinions about what it means to be a woman in that place, mm-hmm. but she's critical and she's critical in a way that I think is, is, is righteous and understandable. Yeah. She asked the right questions at the right time. Yeah. Even throughout this entire chapter of being in her weakened and depressive state. Yeah. She was able to be reflective yep. and, and poignant and yep. sharp yep. enough to understand all of the things that were happening around her yep. and making decisions in real time that now have, you know, wide sweeping ramifications all yep. across the rest of this series. Yep. So thank you, Kat. Yep. Um, you That's kept it said. going for us. So there's, there's she's going to keep it going and she will make a way for herself. Yes. No matter what. And I like that. I think it's cool because we're now 
moving into a space where we're going to have our next chapter, which is going to be our first Sansa chapter. Sansa. It's actually going to be really cool to to see how so how that goes. Excited. I'm, I'm very no excited. It's I'm so it's excited. been weeks, and and we finally get to read some Sansa. Yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you for moving through this conversation. This was a really Dang, fun it one. It was really fun. This was, it was really a lot cool. of fun. I had a ton I of fun. It. I dug it. I dig it. I dug it. I dig do it. it. You dug it. I like it. Oh no! Did you just do the the quote from Joe Dirt? I don't even know what that is. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> if you like what you heard and you want to hear more of that, uh, you can go ahead and you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or any of your other favorite podcasting apps. Uh, we'd love to hear any and all of your feedback. So if you have any questions or comments, you can go ahead and email us at themaidenvaultpod at gmail.com. Or you can go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at maidenvaultpod. So we had a fun one this week. We sure did. And we'll see you again next Monday. Sure thing. See you. Thank you, guys.